We are looking in the in this sermon uh, at uh, the disciples, first the twelve in the immediate mission, then their long-term mission, and then really all disciples. And Jesus is talking about what it takes to be a disciple, particularly in this section. Um, you know, he said that you've got to confess him before men in 32 and 33, and he said that you've got to put Christ ahead of your family in 34 to 36, and now he's basically saying you've got to consider yourself sentenced and, ex- sentenced and executed uh, here in 37 to 39. So somebody want to read that? He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. All right. So, in 37, he's still on the idea that you've got to put the Lord ahead of your family. And then in 38, he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. The idea of taking your cross would be the idea of doing what? Who would take a cross? Walking. Yeah, a criminal who is carrying the instrument of his execution to the place where he would be crucified. We sometimes think about taking a cross and we mean putting up with some tragic situation or some, you know, annoyance in your life. You know, my cross is, you know, my annoying mother-in-law or, you know, whatever, something like that. But that's not at all what it meant to them. When Jesus talked about taking up your cross, he's saying you have to be prepared to die to yourself. He doesn't really mean literally here as much as he means denying yourself and not living for yourself. It's interesting, this is the first mention in Matthew of the cross, and it's theirs. <laughs> you know, uh, because if you're going to follow Christ, then you follow the way of the cross. This idea of you consider yourself as, as dead. You know, you don't live for yourself. You, you take up your cross. He says in more plain terms in 39, if he who finds his life loses it, he who loses his life for my sake finds it. That's our goal, to lose our life for the Lord's sake. We are not directing our own life. We're, we're giving it to him. We no longer live for ourselves. Those are such fundamental points, and yet they are our challenge constantly. I mean, to not live for self, to live for the Lord, to let Him be our life, to die to ourselves. You've heard me use this illustration before. I'm confident because I use it quite a bit, but from Bob Waldron, just this concept, even if, you know, this is a little maybe corny, but it, it helps me to think about it. If you thought about waking up in the middle of the night with Jesus beside your bed, and you leave your body and Jesus comes in. You know, the next morning when you wake up, it's not you inside, it's Jesus inside. You'd be the same height, weight, you know, look the same and all, but but it'd be Jesus inside of you. What would that change about tomorrow if it was actually Jesus that was living inside your body? Now, it doesn't happen literally like that. You're not going to wake up in the middle of the night and Jesus is going to be there. But, but that is exactly spiritually what needs to happen. It needs to be Jesus living in us and not us living in us. And while that is fundamental, and I mean, Jesus says it all the time, I think that's still what we're hung up on. We become so focused on self and living for self, 
to letting Jesus fill up our life. Thoughts and comments? This idea of taking up the cross was obviously something common to their time that they would have understood that. Absolutely. And having nothing to do with Jesus being crucified at this point. Yes. And even afterwards. Well, the whole idea of Jesus being crucified was not some, you know, one-time kind of thing. Lots of people were crucified. It would be essentially like an electric chair. You know, if you talk about your uncle got the electric chair, well, you know about the electric chair not just from your uncle, but from others who've been, you know, executed. So the, cru the cross was just, you know, a means of execution of the worst criminals. And the term or that phrase, taking up your cross, never, does it ever re refer to a, uh, anything other than a total, uh, like an execution? I don't think it does. Right. I think it always means the total execution. We always use it for an item or an event or, or a, like yeah. you said, an annoyance. Yeah. But it's never used that way. When he says, take up your cross, he's saying, crucify yourself. Yeah, we've changed the definition of it and the, just the way we use that expression. So we'll talk, well, the cross I have to bear is this or that or the other thing. Well, really, that's not at all what he's thinking about. He's saying, you died yourself. And that's never used that way. They don't have a cross to bear. <laughs> right, no, no. Jesus didn't tell the apostles, you guys, have <laughs> you have a cross to bear. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think this is the, uh, you know, the, this is the only way this is used, the only way they would have thought of it. We've just kind of changed the meaning of that, so we need to go back to what they're saying. And you can see it by what he says in 39. I mean, 39 is really the explanation of 38, unless you know, maybe symbolic terms. Other thoughts? 40 to 42. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. <coughs> and whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, true day say to you, he shall not lose his reward. All right, now think about the context of this sermon. He's really been talking about sending out the twelve, and then it's ultimately all disciples as they're sent out. Here he really talks about the importance of the messengers. Because if you receive, you know, uh, Jesus, well, if you receive the messengers, you're receiving Jesus. And if you don't, you're not. I mean, our, our receiving those that Jesus sends out, out is really the same as our receiving Jesus himself. And so we can't take Jesus and reject his messengers. We can't take Jesus and reject his message. You know, because... Jesus is one with what he proclaims and one with those he sends out. So he talks about a prophet, a righteous man, and just any disciple. Uh, we need to, to be a help to them and uh, offer hospitality to them or whatever, and you'll be rewarded. Um, so this mission, this idea of going out you know, with the word of the Lord is really a key thought and, and, and an important thing. Thoughts and comments? You, you, you hear people sometimes emphasize the exact words of Jesus above the words of his disciples. Yes. 
and this this text seems to to say that that's not appropriate. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, it it, it is. Uh, uh, you know, if G, if Jesus gave the disciples the word to speak and told them to speak in His name, then you know it's really the same thing. Come on, in. welcome. If some people will take their red letter Bibles and they'll they'll really pay attention to everything in red. And if it's not in red, well, it doesn't really carry as much weight. Okay. Yeah, like like the, they they just follow what Jesus says, but they're not impressed with what Paul said or you know others. Uh, you, you've never heard of that idea? Well, I thought you were talking about like people today that speak, but like other things in the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's saying you know some people are like that, like they would just take the words that Jesus speaks in the Bible, but they don't. They you know the words the apostles speak. Well, that's not Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And there are a lot of people like that. And it's that when Jesus commissioned the apostles, they went out with his authority, with his message. You know, I mean, when the press secretary speaks to the president, you know, half the time they don't even say, the president's press secretary said today, because he just speaks the words the president gave him. So they'll say Obama said today, even though we didn't hear his voice at all. You know, these are the messengers sent out with his message it's the voice of the Lord. Other comments or thoughts? At the very end of chapter 10. Now notice the very beginning of chapter 11, when Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples. We mentioned uh, a few weeks ago when we were studying Matthew 5 to 7, that Matthew has five big sermons of Jesus. And after every one, he uses the same basic phrase, when Jesus had finished something. And, and so that's kind of a key part of the structure of Matthew, and this was one of the big sermons, the sermon he gives to the twelve as he's sending them out. So that concludes that, that section. Um, and and uh, now we move on to something that will kind of tie some of this together. Uh, John has some doubts about Jesus, John the Baptist. He's in prison. And so he's sending his disciples to find some things out. Uh, 1 to 15. And it came about that when Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John...